You know, I don't know if any of you within the sound of my voice were listening to me back in 2018, but when KTM first came out with their TPI fuel injected two stroke back in 2018, it came to the US in uh, the XCW line, 250 XCW line. It was just one model. It also was the Husky TE 250i. Uh, I was like, I got to ride the Husky first. Um, and I was like, this is going to save two strokes. I felt it at the time, and I still feel that now. I still feel like the these fuel-injected two-strokes are going to save two strokes. If two strokes are to be saved, and it, it is an if in my mind, because you've got like all, there's always in the environmentalist thing, and, it, and we've got this big push towards going to electric. There's huge push for electric cars, huge push for electric dirt bikes. There has been for a while. I don't know if we can get there because of the batteries, but if two strokes are going to be saved, it will happen on the back of fuel injection for two, for two strokes. It happened in snowmobiles. Snowmobiles have been fuel injected for a long time. And now we have fuel injected two strokes. And they just keep getting better and better. Throughout the kind of like iteration, like KTM was always changing, playing with fuel mapping and things over the last six years. It's been six model years. Now, if you think about it, you had the 2018, 2019, 20, 21, 22. Now we're in 23. That's six model years. And now we're kind of on what I'm calling the second gen, you know, of fuel injected two strokes from the largest supplier of two stroke dirt bikes on the planet, which is KTM. And it's now a TBI. So they first started with transfer port injection. It was the TPI, transfer port injection. That's where the oil and the fuel was being brought into these motors. And they were doing oil injection with an oil pump. We'll get into that a little bit, a little bit later and talk more about that. Uh, but now we're doing TBI, throttle body injection. And on the bikes that we have, these XC bikes, we're it's a pre-mix. We're mixing the oil into the fuel, in the fuel, in the fuel tank, so we don't have the oil pump. Here's what I'm saying, and the gist of this little podcast here, however long or you know whatever I'm going to talk, these second-gen two-strokes, second-gen fuel-injected two-strokes are absolutely incredible, and I am so high on these motors, I can't even tell you. You know, it's, it's just been awesome. Uh, and yeah, so let, let's kind of recap. You had 2018 to 2022 model years, all of the KTM and all the Husqvarna and all of the gas gas bikes. Well, not after they acquired gas gas, they were fuel injected, but it was TPI. Uh, now here in 2023, the 2023 model year, the SS, the SX bikes and the XC bikes are getting a different version of the motor. The entire motor has been changed. There is no more kickstart place to put a kickstart. It's an electronic power valve. It's an updated everything. Like the whole thing has changed. The bikes changed. Like everything on the bikes changed pretty pretty much. Um, I did a video on this a couple months ago. It's like it'd be easier to tell you the things that have not changed on the like the twenty two XC to the twenty three XC bikes. Same thing would go with the Husqvarna TX line from twenty two to twenty three. So much changed. It's absolutely insane. Um, but now that we're going to TBI throttle body injection, we, on those XC bikes, we do not have an oil pump. 
Uh, this was the biggest complaint that I think people had and the biggest fear that people had with the TPI motors was that there was an oil pump because they were they were controlling how much fuel is going into the bike and how much oil was going into the bike at all the different RPM ranges. And the reason why they had to do it is because of the emission standards in Europe they were no longer able to pass the emission standards that they needed to to be able to produce these motorcycles at the numbers they were producing them without hitting certain uh, emission standards uh, in Europe or they were going to have to stop making them all together. So they had to find a way to make them a lot cleaner, especially at idle and at startup. So I believe that they were only injecting probably maybe 200 to one. Two is, is kind of what I'm thinking as far as the amount of oil when it was at idle. They really needed to clean these things up and get them to be better on idle and on startup. And so, you know, it was tricky. And they had the TPI bikes that came out. Um, and, you know, they were, there was some tuning required with those bikes. And they also glued in the idle screw. Oh my gosh. They glued it together inside of the throttle body, just kind of like pumping it together, you know, kind of banging it out or whatever. We're like, we're going to glue this and then we're going to have you adjust your idle by the air bypass screw on the side of the throttle body. And it was just a bunch, it was just a bunch of marketing BS. And it's like, we, so now they weren't really giving us a real good way to adjust our idle on our bikes, except for leaning them out with that air bypass screw, which then gave other problems. You had problems of like hanging idles and all this other stuff. So then a bunch of us were sitting there, you know, we would get our bikes and we would take that throttle body off and we would heat up the air by, we'd heat up the idle screw inside of the throttle body uh, and then install heat it up because they had it glued in there with basically Loctite or whatever. So we'd heat that up and then pull that screw out and then install an idle screw that so we could adjust our idle independently of the air bypass screw. Okay, so that was happening. And and what and when you did that, when you did that, you could make those TPI bikes run really, really well. I was able to make them all run really, really well. Uh, I had one bike in 2019 that I couldn't get it to run the way I wanted it to run. But all of the other I had more than 20 of these things. Uh, and they were, they all ran like really, really good, but there was some tuning required. Now, now we go over to this 2023 XC new brand new bike. There's no oil pump to fail. Okay. Uh, and so that is, that's a pretty cool thing. Here's, here's some speculation for you. Um, I have on good account from good sources that the 2024 enduro models, the KTM like XCWs, I think those are going to have oil injection, but also be TBI. So I think that they'll have the brand new motors where it's throttle body fuel injection and the electronic power valve, which I'll talk about in just a second. Um, but I do think that they will be oil injected. Now, this is not confirmed. These are just rumors, but I take it on a pretty good account uh, based on what I'm kind of hearing in the industry. I think those 2024 XCWs and Husqvarna TE and the um, the gas gas EC those bikes I think that they will be TBI motors but they will have oil injection. Uh, interesting, interesting. I and I honestly I think it's it's actually pretty good because there are certain people that love the oil injection and there are certain people that don't love the oil injection. I'm going to call them oil pumpers and oil non pumpers. <laughs> it's kind of like a play on the Trumpers and non Trumpers. <laughs> I don't want to, this is not a political show and I do not ever want to talk politics on the show. Uh, but I think that if you had the T, you had the XC bikes, which were a premix for the people who want to, you know, the hardcore racers or whatever, desert racers or, or people like that that are purists. Now you got kind of the best of both worlds. 
where the XC and the SX bikes would be pre-mix bikes, so you could run any oil you want at any you know you know uh, viscosity or any you know what what's the word any uh, ratio that you want. You can run at fifty to one, whatever you want, uh, and then you could have this other camp of people who have these um, enduro bikes, and they could uh, use the oil pump because it could possibly be there. And that would just kind of satisfy both camps. There are a huge contingent of people that hated the oil pumps. And there's also a huge contingent of people that bought these bikes specifically because they did have oil pumps and they didn't have to worry about mixing gas. You know, they could just go straight to the pump and put the pump fuel. It would that way, if you had a four stroke and a two stroke, you didn't have to have two different gas cans and all this kind of stuff. So there are good reasons for doing both of these things like oil pumps and non oil pumps. I never had an oil pump fail, but it was one of the things that like, for whatever reason, you'd have, you'd have somebody that would have an oil pump fail. And then it would just like rip through the internet. Like, Oh, this is going to happen to everyone's bikes. I don't know what it is about this whole KTM. Like when KTM went fuel injected, there was just a whole bunch of people that just wanted them to fail. I'm sitting there going, why would you, why would you ever want that? I don't want any of these things. I don't want any of these manufacturers to fail on any of the things that they're doing. I want all of them to do awesome things. And I don't think that it's, it's certainly not fair uh, to say that to just paint with a broad brush and be like, oh, all beta suck, all KTM suck, all Sherco suck because of this, that, or the other. We just need to take a breath. And and for some reason, um, it seemed like there was so much negativity for so long, still is about these fuel injected bikes. But I'm sitting there going, guys, this is how this is how it stays going. Did you notice that all the other manufacturers, with the exception of Yamaha, dropped their two strokes? So everyone wants to talk about, you know, two strokes are simple and two strokes should have a carburetor and all this stuff, but they all dropped them with the exception of Yamaha and KTM. Uh, it was the biggest in, you know, the biggest manufacturer that kept this going. Obviously we have beta, we have Sherco, which are, which are gaining in popularity. And then you have TM, which I'm trying to get a TM as well, but even TM has a carbureted and a fuel injection version, fuel injected version of these bikes. Cause they understand, you know, fuel injection is the future. If two strokes can continue for the next 25, 30, 40, 50 years, if they do, it will be on fuel injection. I'm just going to tell you that right now. So you got on your XC bikes, you got pre-mix on these TBI bikes. You're pre-mixing oil in the gas. And then I believe highly likely that on the Enduro models, the XCWs and the TEs and the, and the ECs from the gas gas, I think they might stay oil injected with the oil pumps. So that's just kind of what I'm feeling. Uh, what other things changed with this motor? Well, it's got an electronic power valve. In the past, we had a manual power valve, which was, which was controlled by uh, power valve springs and then a preload adjuster, a little brass key that you could kind of do, you could kind of turn. You could change uh, back in the day when, when these were all carbureted, they would come with you know a couple different jets in your little pack for your, for your uh, carburetor. And then you'd also get like two different springs uh, these preload springs for the power valve and you would have in the bike, they would come with the yellow spring, which was kind of like the medium, uh, tension spring. And then you get a red spring, which was a stiffer spring and you get a green spring, which was a lot, not a stiff spring. And the whole idea was to give you just a bunch of options for like controlling how, when the power valve came fully open at what RPMs. And, but it was, it was all mechanical, you know, a mechanical power valve. And so you could kind of adjust that and whatever. But I, now with these electronic power valves, 
you can tell the difference and you can tell that it's actually because the because the bike is so crisp and gives such a great throttle response and delivery they are just amazing like back and it makes it makes you feel when you ride one of these newer bikes with the electronic power valve how smooth and how crisp the power is through that mid low range and then mid range mid range and, and high rpm range you can tell how in a way clunky it makes the older bikes feel because it's just coming like the power valves are just coming open based on an rpm uh you know based on those springs and yeah you could tune them to kind of hit the way you wanted and and you would get kind of used to it or whatever and we all got used to a certain thing maybe you like the red spring maybe you like the yellow spring then we got into the tpi area era and they weren't giving those additional springs they were saying hey don't change these springs you know it was just a bunch of malarkey but you could you could adjust it and a lot of times you'd need to adjust that brass key down there on the on the power valve so first i would start working with the uh, air bypass screw i mean i would put uh, on the tpi bikes i would put in the uh i'd put in an actual idle screw and then i'd start messing around with the air bypass screw similar to what you would do with a carburetor working on that air screw on the side of the carburetor i was doing the same type of thing with that air bypass screw on the side of the throttle body on the tpi bikes just trying to get the bike to run as good on the transition between like idle up to you know quarter throttle and all this stuff i was playing with that air bypass screw um and then I would start after I'd get that done, then I'd be playing with the power valve on the side. I would treat those as two different things uh, as far as when I was tuning them. But now with the TBI bikes, it's electronically controlled. The power valve is, and it is just so crisp. The throttle response is crisp all the way through the RPM range. And once you ride it, and I've got a 125 and a 250 and a 300 TBI motor that I've ridden a bit here in the last you know six weeks, all of them. And I'm going, these are the most two, these are the most powerful and peppy and lively and smooth two-stroke engines I've ever been around. They have a crispness to them and they have a raw power to them that you just I mean, it, it's it's like the best of both worlds between a carbureted two-stroke that was running the tuned incredibly and then the TPI version where it's a th- where it's fuel injected it's like this it's like this merging of the two where it is just something that you have to feel and I'm like this is the right way forward and you can see you know it took them six model years before they came to this and I think they've they've done it right like it's amazing um, one of the things I've loved about the throttle, uh, the fuel injected two strokes is once you get them, once you got them running good at one arp, at one like elevation and temperature, they ran good basically everywhere. One of the tricky parts that we've had on fuel injection for two strokes is just there's not a ton of information and data coming in to the ECU. Um, for you know the computer essentially to know exactly what how much fuel to give and whatever we had. We had like a throttle position sensor and there was an ambient air pressure sensor, you know, but there was not a ton of information coming in. Whereas on a four stroke, you have all these different sensors. You have a lot more inputs into that computer as far as like temperature sensors on the exhaust and and all these different things, especially on cars. But on four stroke fuel injected bikes, there's still a lot more data coming in on a four stroke than there has been on a two stroke. And that makes it kind of difficult. It's almost like a little bit of a guessing game for the ECU to know exactly how much fuel and how much oil to put in. Uh, where uh, here on the the XC bikes, where it's a throttle, I mean, it's a premix 
in the fuel, premix your oil in the fuel. That simplified that. So took off your uh, oil pump. And then they're just focusing on how much oil or how much you know fuel to put in there. And it's been great. They have been amazing. They're the most powerful Pepe two-stroke engines I've ever been around. My 125 is the best running 125 I've ever seen. My 250 is the hottest running 250 I've ever seen. I was out of the desert. Couldn't even get the, keep the front wheel on the ground on the hill climbs. You know, and then the, the 300 is just like lugs like crazy, you know. The, the suspension and the chassis are very, very stiff. And I hope that they find a way in that 2024 XC range. I hope they find a way to make that bike just more plush, a lot more plush. I would like to see the 2024 XC bikes be more plush as well. You know, keep the, keep your motocross bikes, the SX bikes, keep those stiff as, as all get out if you want. But I think we need a little bit softer on the XC and we need definitely a lot softer on the XCWs on those bikes. One question I have is the motor, are the motors too hot? Are they too powerful? This is a, this is a legit question. And I think only time will tell, you know, as, as more of us get more time on them and whatever. Now you do have the uh, map switch right up there on the left hand uh, on your bikes where you can change to the other map. Every time I've gone out on these bikes, I haven't even changed the maps because in, and I know this is bad for me, but I'm just being honest with you. Every other time I've seen a map switch on any of these other bikes, I haven't loved the quote softer map. I would just rather, I haven't seen a time where I wanted to go in the softer map, uh, but I do need to try the softer map. Uh, hopefully the next time I go out, I will just remember to try the softer map on these bikes and see if that has changed because maybe something is updated and maybe they actually did find a way to just kind of take some of the edge off the bike, but still make it run good. Cause that was the problem. I always felt like the softer maps, like you had the hot map, you know, the full power map on any of these two strokes. And then you had like the, the more muted map. And I always just felt like the more muted map just made the bikes run like dog crap. And I'm like, I'd rather just have throttle, you know, use a little bit more throttle, um, you know, judiciously or whatever, use my throttle a little bit more judiciously and still have the bike run clean. <clears throat> so we'll just see. It, they could be too hot. Like some of the people might say, these bikes run too hot. There's too much power. I could totally see some riders saying that, you know, because they are very, very crisp, you know, but it's, a, it's an interesting thing. Um, I love also that you can adjust the idle right there on the throttle body. Uh, we talked about that a little bit more, but you can, or a little bit, uh, uh, a few minutes ago, but you can literally just adjust your idle right on my computer. Just hold on. You can adjust the idle right down there on the bottom of your throttle body, just like the four strokes, you know, so that's great. It was so annoying. It's hard to get in there actually on the two fifties and the three. It's like, I'm always trying to figure out how to get my hand in there because it's kind of down, tucked down below it's on the bottom. And then you've got kind of, you know, your exhaust pipe and your silencer. And uh, it's hard to kind of get your hand in there. Uh, I find <laughs> I still, each time I do it, each time I do it, I'm like trying to figure out how in the heck do I get my hand down in here and get that to go. Um, and I've had to kind of get off the bike. Maybe I just need to come at it from a different angle, but I think I've had to get off the bike to kind of do it, but it's right down there. You don't need any tools. You just need to kind of adjust your hand, you know, contort your hand down there in the right position. So, um, on the TPI bikes, again, it was just like this ordeal that you had to like, you, they said, adjust the idle using what is the idle by or the air bypass screw on the side of the throttle body. But that was all, all that was doing was enriching or leaning out the mixture. 
which, yeah, when you would lean out your mixture, then your idle would come up. But then it was too lean and you'd get this hanging idle, you know, and it just wasn't good. So now you have the ability to just change that right on the throttle body adjusting. And that little screw is adjusting the butterfly inside of the freaking throttle body, you know, hallelujah. And so that's a that's a really good step forward again that we're getting. So. I do think that KTM has continued to just push this forward and it's gotten better and better and better. The maps got better uh, throughout the years. Um, it'll be interesting. It'll, it'll be interesting to see all the aftermarket things that have already started to come out and will continue to come out like, oh, let's fix this problem. I always laugh at some and look, hey, it's America, whatever. It's free market. I want you know, aftermarket companies to be able to come up with solutions. But I always think it's funny how they will sometimes aftermarket companies, especially on these fuel injected two strokes, I feel like they invented a problem maybe that wasn't there. And they're like, Hey, look, I have the solution to this. So it'll be interesting to see what things, uh, are come up with, with these TBI bikes. Um, and what, and what they're, what they're trying to do as far as to trying to make them run better. Cause these bikes are running as good as any bike better as good and better than any bikes that I've ever had. So TPI bikes. Yeah. You did have some tuning required so far with my experience on my 125 XC, my 250 XC and the 300 XC, which will be given away. It's a sweepstakes bikes. So it'll be given away here just super, super soon. They've all run crazy good. Like I haven't had to touch them at all which makes them more plug and play like the four strokes have been, you know, for the last many, many years. And if you think about it, we were so four stroke, the four stroke fuel injection stuff that took a minute. It wasn't perfect right off the bat. And two stroke fuel injection is harder to do. I believe from the people that I've talked to uh, engineers, um, it's harder to do because of the, the limited amount of information that you're getting on that freaking bike or inside of those, you know, loops, those, uh, information loops, but now we have it and it's very, very good. And I'm just super, super excited about these bikes and I'm very, very high on them. So, Hey, if you want to support what we're doing here at dirt bike channel, one of the best ways you can do it is to use my links for Rocky mountain ATV. So I buy almost all of my stuff, uh, for dirt bikes from Rocky mountain ATV. They've got free shipping on orders, like over 75 bucks. Um, and they have the best prices and probably, and the most like stock of most of the things of anybody out there. There's a few other companies that are really great that high, that, you know, stock some things, maybe the Rocky mountain ATV does, but I always check with Rocky mountain ATV first. And I love those guys. So if you go to my website, dirtbikechannel.com, there's a shop Rocky mountain ATV page or a shop Rocky mountain ATV, uh, link right up there. Um, and, uh, that, if you click on that, it puts a little cookie tracking thing in your browser and it, then any, anything you buy from Rocky mountain ATV gives, uh, gives a kickback to me. So it's pretty cool. Uh, and when we're doing sweepstakes, which I will have another sweepstakes going probably in March of 2023, uh, that also gives you free entries into those sweepstakes. So it's a great way to do it. You know, you can also donate on PayPal or Patreon. But you can go to my website. You can buy some gear. You know, I've got tie downs, t-shirts. We've got some different things up there. Um, all that stuff is really, really helps me out. And if you've ever, if you've ever used those links, and if you've ever bought anything from me, you're the reason why this podcast exists. You're the reason why Dirt Bike Channel on YouTube exists. And uh, I just thank you from the bottom of my heart. You know, you can always email me Kyle at dirtbikechannel.com if you have questions, and I will get back to you as soon as I can. 
Uh, if you've purchased something from us and you have a problem with it, uh, email customer service at dirtbikechannel.com and Kimball uh, will uh, we'll just take care of you. You know, we want to just make sure that we're doing the right thing for the customers. So loving these 2023 TBI bikes. I wish that the weather here in Utah would clear up a little bit so I could ride a little bit easier. It's been pretty tricky the last couple of months to try to get out because of all the snow and wet weather that we've had. But uh, I think that is... Um, that's what I've got for you. So hopefully everybody is having a fantastic week and I'm going to be better at these podcasts in 2023. So thanks so much and uh, leave a single track. Thanks. Thanks.